Russia. Russia. Russland. Russia. A warm welcome to the Why Russia podcast. In this podcast, we ask foreigners who live in Russia one simple question. Why Russia? Today, we're joined by Alexander John Lee, an American guy who's living in Moscow at the moment. So, Alex, before we start uh, diving into the topics, maybe you can introduce yourself a little bit to the audience. How did you end up in this big and cold place? be honest, yeah, I don't even know how I got here. This is why I like doing interviews. It helps me reflect on how I even got here. But yeah, so my name is Alex. I'm a software engineer and I came to Moscow in 2017. I thought I was going to be here for one semester. I was learning Russian and it turned out that I'm here ever since. So that's how I got here. You're a tech guy? You're yeah. Into the coding, cryptocurrency and so on. So maybe you can tell us a little bit more about the stuff in Russia. How has it evolved? You are here for many years already. How did you end up into, in the sphere of the, in the tech sphere in Russia? Yeah, I've always been interested since school or since high school, I was interested in software engineering, just coding stuff, very basic things. And I went to Moscow State University of International Relations, it has nothing to do with software engineering. I studied international relations and French. There, so it had nothing to do with like computer science, um, but always on the side, I was like super interested in just like building my own projects. And like during the university, I actually like had several grants to build certain projects in like the cryptocurrency space. I got a grant on uh, one inch. One inch is a decentralized exchange. Uh, got a few other grants from different companies participating in different hackathons on the web thermal space by. I've always been interested in computer science growing huge. They are particularly interesting to me because they help increase the sovereignty of individual. And if you live in Russia nowadays, I don't know how foreigners who are paid in the West, how they you know, live in Russia without using cryptocurrency. Yeah. That's why it's super interesting to be like in computer science and be working on blockchain and crypto stuff. There's a stereotype about Russia that Russians are good hackers. You mentioned the hackathon already. Is this a stereotype that you would agree with, that there's a lot of talent in the tech sphere in Russia? Of course, the U.S. is number one in many of these um, industries. But how would you put Russia on the map, on the tech map? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's two different questions. You asked about hackers specifically. There's the large, if Russians are particularly good at hacking. And I'd say absolutely. I'd say that... The reason why is because you can think of being a hacker as you're like solving a problem. It's like a, that's one of the most difficult puzzles. You're like looking for a needle in a haystack and that needle, if you find the needle, essentially is you like in the blockchain industry, if you find a vulnerability in a code base, you can be potentially paid millions of dollars. Some of the best hackers that I'll know are Russian. And I think it's because they have some sort of backgrounds, educational system here in Russia. I don't know, it's really rigorous for like a math uh, and STEM type of education. So I think that somehow like the educational system in Russia like somehow creates really good software engineers and really good hackers. Yeah, before you mentioned that in the beginning, you were not really into crypto. You were not really into tech in general. You were studying, of course, at MGMO. 
one of the best uh, Russian universities, especially for uh, diplomats, future diplomats and so on. So how would you evaluate the time at MGMO? It's in Russia, it's a creme de la creme, right? It's a really top-notch university. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about the daily life in this top university. How do we have to imagine this life there? When I first got there, I really liked it. And then I think if you're, especially if you're like, if you went to school in the West and then you go to a Russian university, it's a really big shock. I had like math classes. This is a humani like humanities uh, degree, I would say economics. And it's like the math class is like calculus. And I remember I had a calculus in uh, high school, but it was nothing what I ever saw in, uh, in Russia at MMR. And you'd think you know, it would be like easy math. No, dude. It means like first day you're doing like integration of three-dimensional functions. And I had no idea what in the world was going on. And, and what like, was the course you studied there? It was, it hasn't had nothing to do with uh, tech and no logical stuff basically, right? No, no, it was, I was, it was for the economics program. I, I first, so I first, when I got to MGMall, I was in the economics faculty. I was getting a major, I was majoring in economics. But then after I realized taking like, after one semester of dealing with math, I was like, I'm not going to do this for another three and a half years. So I switched to international relations where there was zero math. And I'm good at math, but it's just so rigorous here. And I don't know, my approach to like mathematics is completely different to like the Russian approach. That's why there's a, there's a big shock. If you want to study at MD or any Russian university and you went to school in the West, you better be prepared that the math is math. Excellent. Like it is really hard. Yeah. Let's stay in the university context. What are some major differences between the Russian university and the American university system? You mentioned already that they put a lot of focus on the math. It's, yeah, it's competitive. So what is about the um, extracurricular things? Uh, is there also some stuff going on in the Russian university or is it mostly only focused on the academic part? No, I'd say there's definitely a lot of extracurricular stuff going on. I wasn't really, I didn't partake because I just felt like the coursework was so heavy for me that like I spent 95% of my time on trying to do the homework and everything. So I didn't really participate too much in extracurricular stuff. But yeah, there's definitely a scene there if you're interested in extracurriculars. Absolutely. There's like different choir groups, there's like musical groups, there's theater. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff you can find. And when it comes to international student at M uh, students at MGMO, are there nowadays many Westerners still studying there or is it? like the needle in the haystack, like you mentioned before, are there many Chinese now coming in, many from Asian countries? Like, how do we have to imagine the class, the typical class? Yeah, it's in the typical class at Zimong, they probably have 20 students in a class, 25 max. And probably anywhere from two to five of those students are international students. And like international meaning, they could be from Kazakhstan, they could be from Belarus. But it's more rare to have a student from some European EU country or from US, Canada, uh, or any other country. There's a few, I know there were like four or five like Americans who were studying at MD Law while I was there, mostly on the master's programs. Like it's much more rare to see like American on the bachelor's program at MD Law. But yeah, they're there. It's just it, and when did you decide that you want to study at Ngemo? 
at this Russian university. And how did you achieve this? Because it's quite competitive to become a student at MGMO. You cannot just show up and say, I want to study here. It's a rigorous process, I imagine. It is rigorous. I would say so. What happened was I studied for one year at the Russian program. So there's everyone who applies to the Russian program and the gets in. And so I studied Russian for a year there after high school. And then I applied for their four-year bachelor's program. Um, to get in the four-year bachelor's program, it's international student. You have to take two tests. You have to take a Russian language test, written and oral. And then you have to take a foreign language all at, and I took French. But yeah, I'm pretty sure if you're from the EU or if you're from the US or Canada, you'll probably get in Zemdimom. I think that's the easy part. I honestly think that it's easy to get in Zemdimom, but it's really hard to complete the four-year program because they do not hold your hand at Zemdimom. If you are failing the classes, look, they could care less. They will just flunk you and you, they'll expel you. I know a few people who are Americans who got into Zemdimom and they couldn't make it past two years because it's just, it's very psychologically difficult being in another country, especially in Russia. <laughs> no one helps you. And just, yeah, it can be very lonely as an international student at MGMAL. I know MGMAL really tries to make international students feel welcome and they're doing, they do a good job, but still it's, it's very difficult to stay in the full program. Yeah, I have similar experiences. I studied, of course, at Vishka at the Higher School of Economics and economics it's considered to be one of the best ones in Russia. And we also had a very international class in the beginning. And a lot of the students who came, they couldn't make it. It was too difficult for them to yeah. stay all the time until the end in the program. So we also had some American dudes who were just like sent home. They lose like the visa, the student visa, and then it's Dosvidania, basically. It was brutal sometimes, but the Russian system, yeah, it can be very rigorous and, and brutal. Survival of the fittest here. That's I actually think the whole society is set up this way, <laughs> where it's like, oh, only strong and survive. And I think Moscow, living in Moscow, it's like that times 10. Where if you're not making money, if you don't have a strong reason to be here and you're not making enough money to stay here, these people just leave Moscow, they move somewhere else. That's what I like about Moscow. It's like this very hustle, it's like a hustle culture here. And it's like that in the university as well. Yeah, in the universities also, they publish sometimes the ranking, like who has the greatest <laughs> number one in the class, who is the worst. And some Russian students, um, they even compete for the places because some places are paid. If you're higher ranked, you get paid. Uh, to study. If you're lower ranked, you lose the benefits. So it's highly competitive. In Germany, I never knew of my classmates what kind of grade they got. So it's a different system. It's very transparent in this respect and very competitive. And it can be quite cruel sometimes. Yeah. Now let's talk a little bit, generally speaking, about life in Russia. What do you like about living in Russia when you compare it to the US? There must be some kind of reason why you're still, after all these years, in Moscow. My mom is Russian, so I'm like half Russian. And I feel like I resonate with the culture here more. I feel like if I live in the U.S. for a long period of time, I feel like I understand both cultures, but I value traditional values. I value, yeah, just like more traditionalism. Whereas in the U.S., you know, people don't have values or something. Actually, among younger people, but the parties, people are like very hedonistic. American society is very hedonistic. And granted, it's the same thing here. If you want to get into the whole hedonism scene, it's here and it exists in Moscow. But I think, yeah, just like the, the, the 
homogeneous culture here. Everyone's very similar and I understand people. So that's what I like about it. And I also like, again, I also like Moscow. Moscow is just a massive city where there's so many opportunities. People are hustling and I like that as well. So it's, there's two different things. I like Russian culture, but I also like Moscow as a city. And those are two separate things, I think. So that's why I'm, that's why I've stayed wow. here for so long. You mentioned that Moscow or generally speaking, Russia is quite homogeneous. So was it difficult for you as an American, Russian American granted, but still an American, visibly you're an American dude, right? Was it difficult for you to fit into the society or was it easy because of your roots? And also, how did you manage it with the language barrier? Or you spoke always Russian at home already? It was definitely difficult. And there's still pain points that I feel being here. When I first came here, I spoke horrible Russian. I thought I knew Russian, but then when you go to MD Mall and then you don't understand what anyone's saying, like it took me a year to meet like we're in Russian. My Russian's still not 100% perfect. I still have a little bit of an accent and like I misspell things and whatnot. I think it is difficult to be here like for a long period of time. I find solace like in the expat community. I have friends who speak English. What do you miss about the U.S. and Russia right now? Probably it's the weather as well. When you look out of the window and it's gray and snowing all the time. So uh, you're from a state in the U.S. that is in the middle, I would say, like Tennessee, right? It's No, you're not from Tennessee. Are you from Tennessee? Yeah, Tennessee. You're yes, Tennessee, right? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the weather, of course, there is completely different. But apart from the weather, what do you miss about the U.S.? Oh, again, it's, I'm comparing apples to oranges here because I live in Knoxville and it's small, which is very small than compared to Moscow. Sometimes when I like try to compare the U.S. and Russia, again, I'm comparing a small town life in Tennessee and then it's massive metropolis in Russia. So it's hard to compare. Uh, but I've missed the convenience. Like in the U.S., you just get in your car, you drive to Jagapasco, you load up your grocery and it's just so easy. There's here. I don't know, I could buy a car if I wanted, but I don't, it's hard getting like the driver's license here. And I technically, I think with the U.S. driver's license, you can drive. Yeah, I think you can drive, sketchy, right? Like, I think you can drive with the... I think I can. can. You can drive, right? You have a yeah. driver's license. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, a German driver's license. So we'll, so we'll, so we'll you talk can about drive. that later. Yeah. <laughs> you can drive. I just figure that out, man. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Sorry. The convenience. The convenience. It's, the con uh, I'm mostly convenience, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And also the, the small town lifestyle, of course, is more comfortable and so on. Moscow, as you said before, it's quite brutal. Maybe if you compare, maybe it's a fairer comparison to compare Moscow with New York City, right? The biggest uh, yeah. cities in both countries. What maybe not like New York City, for example. New York, New York City is completely different than Moscow. There's some sort of, there's some similarities, but I would compare it to like Brooklyn and Moscow are more or less more similar than like Manhattan. Because Manhattan is like, like an alien planet. Like it's, you take the hustle culture of Moscow and times it by a hundred and that's like Manhattan. Mm. Yeah. But I, I like that vibe. And that's what I like about living in Moscow. It's just like everyone around you is super motivated to make money and we're like pursue their career, whatever. That's what I like about Moscow. But there's a lot of pluckies. <laughs> Living in Moscow compared to living in New York. New York is extremely expensive. Like the cheapest apartment, if you wanted to live in Manhattan, it's like $3,500 a month. Whereas if you took $3,500 and you spent it on an apartment for a month here, you would have a house. You'd have a 
massive apartment in a skyscraper. So that's what you could buy here. Yeah. I like living in Moscow. Yeah, now we talked a lot about Moscow already. Did you travel a lot in Russia? I saw that you were going to Manjerok in Altai, which was yeah. looks very cool. So tell us a little bit about some places in Russia that you can recommend to the listeners to visit. What are some like unusual places? Maybe not St. Petersburg, right? Everybody knows about this. What are some other champs that you can recommend? I would definitely recommend to visit Sochi. The first time I was in Sochi, I thought I was in the south of France. I thought I was like in, I don't know, Poland. It's amazing. If you're in Russia, but palm trees, it's warm weather, there's mountains and there's the sea. And I went there during the Formula One racing. So like it was even more next level where it was very like European. Obviously there's not going to be any more Formula One for a while yet. But I definitely recommend Sochi. I would also recommend, I recently went to Korla Altai, was Barmulu, and then I drove to Altai, that's where I skied out, that ski resort, Mangro. That was also like an amazing experience because that showed me like the lift tickets at Manjadok were like $15 a day. There's the cheapest lift ticket that you could get in the US would be like $200 a day. And I got the best skis, I got like spare demo skis, I got entered my girlfriend. Only at $65 for a day, whereas in the US would be easily 500. So that's, it blew my mind away. And the, we sit in this really cool place. It was like in the mountains, next to like a mountain stream. We had a hot tub outside. We had this like beautiful like cabin that we stayed in. And again, it was just enjoying really amazing. I didn't know that even existed in Siberia. So I would definitely recommend if you want to fly out there, it's a long flight though. It's like a four and a half hour flight. But yeah, I definitely recommend seeing some of Siberia for sure. Yeah, that's really mind-blowing Siberia. The Mashtab, as they say in Russia, is quite incredible. And also, now we come already to the last question. Mm. What advice would you give other international students who might want to repeat your path, right? They also want to maybe go to the Creme de la Creme in Russia, to the MGMO University or they want to join another university. But maybe let's imagine, make it a little bit more difficult. You had the Russian background, so it was easier for you, but they would not speak the language. Would you recommend them in this difficult time to make the move or, and if they want to make the move, how can they prepare to make this? Let's say you start off with, go for one semester and your Irish I would only recommend, honestly, I'm a higher school in economics if you want to study because Boston State University is massive and there's so many different campuses and stuff that you can get lost. Whereas if you're interested like, in economics or international relations, definitely MDMORAL or higher school in economics. I would just start with one semester. See if you like it. If you don't like it, completely. Then if you really like it, stay for another semester. Yeah, just stay for one year. Russian. Um, if you come here, Try to avoid hanging out with foreigners because that's like a problem I see with a lot of international students that are come here. They end up just hanging out with a bunch of foreigners and only talking English and they don't learn any Russian. And then when year two comes around, they don't speak any Russian and they feel super isolated because there's all these people that they can't even communicate with. So if you come here, stay for a year and try to immerse yourself in Russian. That would be my advice. Alex, thank you very much for taking the time today for coming on the Why Russia podcast, where we ask people one simple question. Why Russia? And uh, I think you answered the, the question 
very, very beautifully. You gave us a lot of insights also into the traveling. Manjerok is on the map now because of you. I think a lot of people uh, want to go now after they listen to you. So yeah, thank you very much for this. Uh, thanks. After listening to the conversation so far, maybe now you're interested in moving to Russia. Or maybe you even have some questions regarding a visa for the Russian Federation. If this is the case, I can wholeheartedly recommend the team of movingtorussia.ru. They have answers regarding all the matters of relocating to Russia. To remind you once again, it is called movingtorussia.ru. 